You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris, and today I'm, I just had to invite him on, and that is Rob Lang from Underdone Comics. Hey, Rob. Hello there. How you doing? All right. Good. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I just, you know, we, we've started collaborating with you a few months ago, and each week, you know, you bless us with letting us post some of your work, and it's, I crack up every time you send me something. It is so amazing. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I guess I don't, I, you haven't used any of the sad ones yet. So a lot of them. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming though. I mean, we've got to share the news, the good and the bad, right? So, so you know, it's always good for, you know, for our listeners, for you just kind of give us a, a brief background, you know, where you grew up, where you're currently living, stuff like that. Sure. Um, I, uh, grew up outside of Philadelphia in the woody suburbs, I guess you could call it. Um, and, um, I had a, a big park in my backyard that I would go in a lot with my parents and my friends and it was a fun place to explore. And I, I would guess that that was definitely one of the biggest sources of inspiration, at least for when I was a kid. Um, and now I live in Seattle, which is just as woody, if not more so, and, um, always very green and and uh blustering with uh with lots of weird animals and things walking around even in the city so lots of fun mm. yeah <laughs> that's true you know you go to pike's was it pike's place market yeah. right and throw the fish around so <laughs> well those are the dead ones but yeah i know i know not the ones in the ocean where they belong <laughs> so no, beautiful part of the country. I, I was fortunate enough to live up there for a few years and it's one of my favorite places on earth by far that in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. So that, that's awesome. So I, you know, this is, this is a little bit different. You know, we, we usually talk to scientists and stuff, but it's as a scientist, right? Yeah. We, we try to, to make a difference in the world by discovery. You're making a difference through your art. I mean, huge difference. So I guess my question is, why conservation or where did that interest really start with you? Um, well, I, like I said, you know, um, having such a nice place to grow up, I think was a big inspiration, but I also, when I was inside, I would always be watching animal shows and, um, I, it was something that's been interesting to me since as far back as I can remember. And I've always, uh, wanted to draw and I don't know how talented I am at it, but I just kept at it throughout my whole life. And I guess I got pretty used to it. 
so I just kept doing it and um it it just seemed like a a source for me that is um infinitely abundant, so I just keep rolling with it. Oh, it's you're very talented, trust me. <laughs> well, <I don't> <laughs> you should you should see me draw. Okay. <laughs> let, let me like I, said, I well know drawing is not my talent. Just well practiced. Yeah, no. Somewhat well practiced. No, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Your images are just amazing. And um so when did this you know, when did, I I guess jumping into underdone comics because, you know, and again for for our listeners, you know, we post this on our our show notes, we'll post it on our Facebook group, Instagram. You know, you can follow us there and and then please follow Rob because it, each day I open up Instagram or Facebook and I see a new one and I, it, it really makes me think and then it also makes me laugh. So you know, what, when did this all start for you? Like, when did you really start dedicating to doing comics on conservation? That's a good question. Um, I'd say, uh, in two, around 2016, I was finishing up a comic that I used to do with recurring characters. And if you dig way deep down into my Instagram feed, you can see some of them on there. So, um, and I kind of was, it was more of a situational type, um, uh, uh, a co- uh, comic concept where it was like a slice of life. And I kind of got pretty bored of thinking about slices of life and, and the way people interact, even though it was about different animals. And I decided I really wanted to, uh, make, uh, a comic that, uh, had more meaning to it. Um, and, uh, that's what I started thinking about conservation. And, um, my first one was actually a picture of a, uh, sawfish, which is highly, one of the most endangered fish in the sea, apparently. And it was, um, about to saw off the oxygen hose from a deep sea diver. And I thought, you know, I think I'm going to start thinking more about trying to save animals and, and making some comics with some meaning. And, and that's where it all started. So. It, it, you do. That makes I mean, sense. you absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It does. And it, 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 you know, it, it's so funny. It's just, it's art is, is amazing. It It is important culturally across the world. And when you look at your comics, it's not just, you know, whether it's humorous or like you said, sad, but it makes you think. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, do you get that feedback from your, from your fans? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. uh, I, a lot, of, I get a lot of, you know, crying emojis and, and broken hearts and things, but, um, you know, I think I would much rather make stuff that makes people at least consider changing their behavior toward having a better world than just saying, you know, like, oh, haha, or, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I might not get as popular as quickly as a lot of other, um, artists or, or, um, or cartoonists yet, but I think that making stuff with meaning is, is obviously more meaningful. So, um, that's, that's the goal. It, 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 it does though. I mean, and it's, it's not, it, it, it's hard, right? Like you're, you're, it's such a fine balance. Yes. Because, you know, even in, in our podcast each week, you know, we, each species we cover, it's, it's not 
fun to look at what's happening to them, right? right? Yeah. I think when, the only one's the immortal jellyfish, right? That's the only one yeah. that's like proliferating yeah, like crazy. Yeah, those and the octopuses and all the other yeah. cephalopods apparently, they like an acidic ocean without anything to eat. But right, right. <laughs> but jellyfish, exactly. So they're, they're fine. They're yeah. happy. They're, they're great. <laughs> and so each week, you know, we, we tell these stories about these animals and it's, it is a, it, it's a tricky thing to, to navigate as far as wanting to make sure the listeners are aware of what's happening and not bring them down. Right. But I think it's also important to, you know, and I'm really going to start instituting more of this, give them action. These yeah. are things you can do yeah. to help. And that's, you know, um, so what I was going to say earlier, I remembered, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. when Good. I was growing up, um, watching all of those animal shows, um, it would be really fun to watch their behavior and, um, uh, you know, learn about each different species and how they interact in their environment and how they're adapted. But always at the end of the shows, maybe like 10 or with 10 or 15 minutes left, they would start talking about the conservation and, uh, how, um, the, uh, humans are beginning to take over, uh, their environments and they're being overhunted or whatever. And that was always at the end of the shows. And I would always turn them off usually, you know, cause I was just a kid. I didn't care about that stuff. But now I've kind of made a whole entire career out of the stuff at the end because that's the part that matters. And what I'm trying to do is bring um, some humor into that to make it a little bit more entertaining um, while you learn about these horrible doomsday facts about our, the animals around us. <laughs> so that, that, that's really what I'm trying to do. <laughs> No, and it's good. It's <laughs> admirable. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, you know, you're trying to go to sleep and thoughts, you know, in your brain. And, and so we just did elephant seals yeah. this week because of you, yeah. you know, one of your comics really got us thinking about them. And so last night I'm thinking, I'm like, there's only a hundred thousand, which sounds good, but then there's <laughs> almost eight billion people on earth. Yeah. And there, and there's a hundred thousand in the ocean. The ocean's huge. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, it does. It does. Anyways. So that started, you know, a few years ago, I guess one of the things is, and, and maybe you just answered that, but you know, you have tens of thousands of followers growing every day. It's a role on influencing them. So how do you kind of view that role? Um, well, I, I feel like it's a pretty big responsibility to be as um, factual as possible even though obviously, you know, animals don't talk. And if somebody finds um, one of my comics that happens to be with a thoughtful animal or something that, uh, and then they say, well, this, this is wrong. You know, uh, if there's a fact in there, that's not correct. I can always say, well, you know, animals don't talk, but I, I also have to, <laughs> um, uh, you know, so therefore it's, it's clearly not a factual thing, but that's kind of a cop out is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I give, I, I consider that, or I figure that my audience is, is highly intelligent, you know, or they wouldn't be interested in reading comics about, um, the conservation of animals or learning different facts about them. So mm -hmm. in, in one, um, in one way I have to, uh, consider that, um, my audience is, is able to suspend the disbelief to see why something like that is funny when I'm trying to make something factual, but also put it in a silly way that's clearly unfactual, which is 
the mm-hmm. cartooning aspect of it. If that makes any sense at all, I'll be shocked. What? Well, it does. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like we, I don't know, we just had this discussion about zoos and everything like that. And, you know, it's edutainment is, yeah. is a word that we've been using the last few years where you can educate people while being entertaining. Mm-hmm. And is, you know, I don't, I think that's more impactful at times. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I try to do. Right, right. So, it, I mean, it, it's it's amazing that art with one. I will I will say this with one of your comics. I think you can make more impactful change than I hate to say this. Our podcast <laughs> over an hour, you know. But it's it's. I read it and I I look at it and it makes me think and I'm like, damn, you know, it's so spot on. So I mean, kudos to you for that. It's it's an amazing Thanks. talent. It's amazing talent. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's, so oh, I was just going to say, no, um, go ahead. it definitely changes the way you think and the way that you behave when you make these things, because um, I always try to make it as succinct and um, I try to use as least words as possible because uh, mm-hmm. that's the art of it. You know, um, what you want to do is make, like you said, a, an immediate impact. And so it's funny though, and it starts to overlap, at least for me in, in, uh, my day to day life. Like if I'm having a conversation with someone, I'm often thinking, Oh my God, I could have edited out at least 90% of what that person said at this point, because I've been doing it for so long that, um, I, uh, I just, I, it's very difficult to listen to very wordy people these days, <laughs> which is right. something I need to deal with my own problems. <laughs> well, I mean, so, I, I think, yeah, with technology, yeah. texting, things like that. <laughs> like everything know? else, it's a double-edged sword. I might be able to do it on paper, but it, it has affected, it's turning me into a monster, a cranky old monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, let your wife deal with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's trying to. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that struggle, right? <laughs> so, you know, what... Because really, you know, a lot of, you know, me and Angie, we, you know, our trainings in animals, we, you know, we dedicate our lives to this. So really it, it's from an artist perspective, what fascinates you? What really drew you into animals, wildlife conservation? What was it like? Was it just a thing growing up or you're like, wow, I really need to do something? That's a great question. Um, I think, uh, part of it was, I think that, um, when I was, when I was little, I used to be very afraid of, of insects, all kinds of bugs and stuff. And then I decided, you know what? I, I'm going to learn about these things. So, uh, I got a field guide and I started reading about each one. And then for whatever reason, I started to be less grossed out by them. And then from that point on, I, uh, I, uh, just started reading a lot about a lot of science books and, um, then, after college, um, somebody or a publishing company commissioned me to write uh, a uh, book about uh, the Bolsa Chica wetlands. You know that area in uh, Huntington Beach? Mm. No? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I took some photos of it, and that's how I learned how to bird watch and stuff. You know, like you mm-hmm. can tell what a bird species is by the way that it flies and everything. Um, and I think that uh, it just kept evolving and um and I always, obviously, I've been, like I said earlier, I, I've been drawing and making comics and stuff. And I, I guess I'm just more interested in um, animals and nature than, than people in general. 
guess it has, mm. all has to do with my overall curmudgeonness. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch the news, right? Like, oh, yeah. It just makes it worse. It's only the science news. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, did you see I the can... black hole today? Yes. How awesome is that? that was, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, it, astronomy just blows me away. Yes. But yeah, it's funny. Huntington Beach is, I'm about five miles from there right now. Yeah. And I, I just drove by it the other day. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so I, I was going to say this for a little bit later, but I, I want to ask now, and maybe you can explain to our listeners. I know what your favorite animal is, but what is your favorite animal and why? <laughs> um, of all the things. Yeah. If I had to pick one, it would definitely be the cassowary, which, um, is that flightless giant bird that lives in Australia. I think one of the main reasons why I like it, besides its overall silly looking, um, I mean, the fact that it's <laughs> so silly looking is, yeah. uh, it's, really a bridge between the past and the present um because it's it's a living dinosaur um i mean most bird i mean all birds are living dinosaurs but this one especially seems to encapsulate everything that we think of with those avian dinosaurs um and uh yeah it's, i just think they're amazing creatures and fascinating Oh, and and they can disembowel you if they get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. it's it's rare though. That's we found out it's very rare. Yeah. Just don't corner them or <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. hunt them or something. But yeah, that was a that was a fun episode. That was they are incredible, incredible birds. And um, you know, it's it's again their conservation story. It, it, it it's amazing that each of these species is facing incredible pressures and. Mm-hmm to learn about each one. So that was a fun one. Thanks. So what's number two, if I can ask. Oh, so for a future geez. episode, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> uh, well, you got the elephant that. seals. Those are really fun too, but yeah, uh, cause those that, uh, main reason I like those so much is cause it, we saw those on my wedding day and it was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, hmm, what other ones? Uh, I'd have to think about it. Orca whale or orcas are, are, are Big pretty bear. awesome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's just there's too many to ch- oh wait i got one yeah. the elephant shrew oh okay <laughs> um <laughs> i i at university of washington i took um a natural science illustration course there and uh for our final project we had to draw a uh fully articulated uh mammal whatever i think a mammal or a bird and i so um i picked the elephant shrew and I, in my office, I have the illustration up, and on top, it's the, it's it's called the, um, dang it, I forget which one it is. Uh, but anyway, on on the top of it is, uh, I'll, I'll actually post this for you guys if, if okay, you care. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. On the top is the elephant shrew, and on the bottom is its muscles and skeletal structure. And oh, cool. They're closely related to their af- afrotheria which is in the same group as elephants and aardvarks and things. So mm-hmm, they have mm-hmm. a very similar skeletal yeah, physiology. Structure. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Their, um, yeah. their, their trunks are the same, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It's all muscle, so it looks like it would be a snout, like a regular shrew, but it's a <sighs> I wish we would have thought of it. We could have continued on with the noses. You know, we had the, the saiga and the elephant seal. We could have done elephant shrew. But... Yeah, you could have had a whole nose a month. And you could make... Next year, make Next April year, the yeah. nose month. Nose month. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So from, 
from your perspective, and I guess from your experience, you know, how do we get the public's attention about all these endangered species? What are some of the strategies that you use or you think we should be using? Uh, well, I use comics. I don't know if you're aware of that, mm-hmm. but that yeah, was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I got it. I think, um, I don't know. I think the best way to do it, and I guess this is how I try to do it, although I am, I, well, I don't really try to do it. I think I accidentally do it sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. is to just drive the ideas home. Like, for instance, I think one of my most impactful comics is one where there's a, uh, a, a tank of tropical fish and the owner is, has a wastebasket and he's dumping in all of this, like recycled in into the tank and he's saying, here you go, guys, you'll feel better at home this way or something. And, uh, <laughs> I think just bringing the message home that like, that it doesn't just affect all of these countries very far away or just, um, you know, there's somewhere out there, there's this, uh, glob of, plastics just floating in the middle of the ocean um it it really affects all of us and you know i think uh if we just get people to bring it close to home it it, it would be the most um, effective way right right and i mean it's easy to point the finger right at at other countries and you know we've god we've been saying this for a year now you know we look at asia we go oh fix fix this fix that we look at africa fix this fix that but we never look at ourselves I'll be honest, last weekend I was at the beach here in Long Beach in Southern California and I'm walking along with my friend and there's plastic blowing all over the place and I'm like grabbing it before it blows (laughs) into the ocean. Yeah. And so it's Or the tide line is filled with straws. I was at Mm -hmm. Seal Beach either last year or the year before and and you Mm -hmm. just see it looks like someone just laid out their recycle bins all along this one path where the tide stopped going out. And that's everywhere. I mean, just yeah. last week, they, you know, the, the, the sperm whale washes up dead on the yeah. beach in Italy. Yeah. You have 50 pounds of plastic in her stomach. Mm-hmm. So it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, and we all have to do our part. So, um, you know, I guess one, one of the things I'm really curious about, what, can you describe the process of creating one of your comics and, and what inspires mm. you and then that whole process? Okay. Um, Basically, there's a few different ways that I go about doing it. Um, the first way I'd say, probably the easiest way, is just reading the news and keeping up with current events. Um, and for instance, you know, that you mentioned the sperm whale, um, mm-hmm. right? I have a comic that's one of my most popular ones is of a whale that is like hacking up a bunch of garbage out of its stomach or whatever and the other whale is there two sperm whales and the a second sperm whale says oh coughed up another one of those junk balls again i hate that or whatever mm. you know like a cat would mm-hmm. with a fur ball um so that's just something i would come i, I would find in the news and then just it, it's pretty easy to turn that around into a comic if, if the news story is you know easily um developed if I can easily make one into into it that way, and then there's um, another way is if I really like an animal and I want to um, put it in the spotlight a little bit, especially if it's endangered, I'll um, I'll I'll find out facts about it, and if I can 
put a bunch of facts with a punchline there, then um, I've done a bunch of those, uh, and that, that's a pretty easy way to do it also. And uh, mm-hmm. then other times I think of situations um, like the one that I mentioned about the uh, about the aquarium where the owner's dumping in the trash. You know, that's just a message that I want to get across, and I try to think of different ways to get people to start thinking about their own actions and cleaning up after themselves. So I don't know. I guess um, those are the different ways, and then tying them with humor. Um, if if you consider this stuff funny, um, it's just something that I can do. I don't know. There's like I think William Burroughs. <laughs> William Burroughs said there's like the third mind, which is an alien somewhere out in space that gives you your creative ideas. William Burroughs was completely insane. So right, sure right, 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 right. <laughs> So where does it, are, are you just very witty? Because it's just, is that part of your, your, your MO? It's just, oh my God, you come up with the funniest stuff, but it's so impactful. Uh, I think humor is pretty subjective. So I'm sure that there, actually I know there are plenty of people who think that I'm not funny at all. So it's for you to decide. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I think, I think some of them, I, I mean, I'm dying laughing and, and I'm about to, post some today on uh, elephant seals. I just, Oh my God, they're, they're, they're great. They're so great. Thank you. Yeah. So what, I mean, you talked about some of your more impactful ones. What are some of your more favorite ones that you've done? Uh, hmm. I would say I definitely always enjoy making the ones um, that are about to get to know the species because as I'm making them, I'm actually learning about them also. Um, mm-hmm. And they're so much fun to draw, you know, just to make one look kind of cartoony instead of looking so realistic because I'm not that good, honestly. I can't make things look realistic. So I put my own style on it, which I've developed over decades. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, those those are some of my favorites. But I, I believe it was the late Lou Reed who said, asking someone to pick their favorite song is like picking a favorite child. So I mm-hmm. can't really help you there. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll get mad just, at me. You know? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the comics will it, get mad. It, Yeah, they will, they will. But, I mean, they, it's, I don't know. I it, it, This is such a new area for me as far as, <laughs> and I saw it in academia. You know, we were, you know, the arts, I, I guess one of the things we can talk about is just the importance of the arts. So as a, as a child growing up, is it just something you always did or was there something that inspired you when you were younger to draw? Uh, well, I think I've always done it. Like I said, I never really considered myself that great at it, but I just mm-hmm. kept doing and doing it. I guess, you know, cause I would sit there so bored in school and just, I would be the kid in the back doodling the whole time. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I just never stopped. I, I figured, um, I would always, I, I think as far as I can recall, I would consider myself when I was a kid that I would grow up something probably with sciencey type animal things. Um, until I got older and got into college and realized that I wanted to write. So, um, it, uh, it kind of took me, um, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say I think that I would uh, keep just keep drawing, and I never really considered that I would wind up with a career in the arts. Um, mm-hmm. I always knew that I was creative, but 
I, I, I actually had no idea that it, it would bring me to being a conservation cartoonist, I guess. Right, right, right. But wait, I, I mean, so one of the things when, when I was down in Florida and we were trying to weave in more arts and science, because I think we're realizing that when you're artistic or creative, like you said, I think it makes you a better scientist. I think it makes you a, a better person, but it makes you <laughs> look at things differently, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, I can't emphasize enough how important yeah. arts are for child development uh, mm-hmm. in college and in our lives. I think people need to appreciate art, listen to more music, you know, not just headbanging music, but classical <laughs> music, things like that, you know, to uh-huh. stimulate uh, creativity because that's how we're going to change the world. We have to be creative. Right. We have to come up with creative solutions and yeah, being I, this boring, dry scientist going, Oh, I'm going to do this today. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to change the world. Right. Um, yeah. And funny you should say that. And this is kind of off topic, but uh, one thing, since you were curious about my, uh, my process or whatever, um, and speaking about creativity, uh, one of the things that I think is, very fun but also can be very frustrating about making these comics is if I think of a situation and I know I, I want to make it into a comic it's it's kind of like a puzzle trying to tie it all together with a joke you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you're asking me about being witty or whatever but um, I almost think of each one as like this little game that I have to play to get all the elements in the right spaces you know like where actually the word bubbles go and who's talking to who, what their, what their expressions look like. And, um, it takes a lot of creativity to make the whole thing work together as a cohesive unit that will have an impact. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, I think that, uh, scientists also, uh, there, there's a, a ton of creativity that goes into science, um, that, uh, has to do with all that type of stuff as well you know whether it be putting mm-hmm. together a book or articles or how you want to word your research you know so everything yeah. um, needs a lot of creativity <laughs> it does it absolutely does um you're right i mean as a scientist it, it you do have to be creative and you do have to you know do a lot of critical thinking but you know without art or without inspiration i think a lot of science is is i don't know i don't know I, i'm getting my soapbox i'll go all day about it I just, you know, we, we have to think outside the box and we can't yeah. just be, you know, doing the same old thing every day. And, and the, the, the world needs it. We need it. We need it. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. I think uh, science communication is the bridge that brings it all together. I've talked to a lot of scientists and they're usually pretty excited to see what I have. Um, and, uh, it, I think because I'm taking their work and putting it, taking it out of that box and trying mm-hmm. to put it in a more accessible way, which I think they appreciate. Hopefully. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So you mentioned, I guess this is a question that just popped my head. Yeah. Your, what do you think the most funniest comic is that you've done? And then oh, I'm going to follow it up with the most sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should always end on the, on the high note. Like, okay, let's do like the most George sad Costanza. Yeah, yeah, you need to be like George Costanza. If you do anything in your life, if you listen to one thing, one piece of advice from me is yeah. always leave the room when people are laughing. Okay, good. That's fine. Good. That's, that's okay. the George Costanza way. And everybody wants to be like him, right? Yes, I do. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
I have no, what's the funniest what what's the the funniest one? I don't know. Um I I'm going to look through my my stuff right now and try and figure out. Uh oh, you know, well there's one with a bunch of um it's 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 an aquarium scene where there are there's a walrus and some narwhals and they're protesting a new uh orthodontist um <laughs> office that's opening. I, I always thought that one was pretty funny. Pretty good. Oh god, they I gotta see that one. Their oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. Um okay. I posted it fairly recently. Okay. In, okay. in a rerun. Um and uh I I would say that's a top one. Um Anything that has to do with toilet humor, I always like to. Yeah. yeah. As sophi- quote sophisticated as these things might be, right? I am a big fan of toilet humor. Yeah, yeah. It never grossed me out. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. Oh, and the the key uh, a, a kiwi that is about to or that's looking at a skeleton of another kiwi that is that that's pregnant with an egg mm-hmm. um, that is about to lay, I guess. And the, the kiwi saying, nope. Because the kiwi egg is, is like Huge. the biggest egg per body. Oh, size. it's enormous. It's enormous. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, that's All pretty All right. Funny. And one more, one more, okay. and then I'll, I'll stop with the yeah. self, uh, whatever. no, 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 no. That's um, not what <laughs> No, please. Uh, uh, the, the, my little series that I did is like three of them about, um, hummingbirds that, developed a taste for blood because they uh tried to to uh feed from a flower that a clown had you know oh, no. squirting flowers and so they <laughs> stabbed the clown and then there it goes into three different stages of hummingbirds i guess evolving into being like a vampire bat type thing that's awesome that's awesome oh my god i'm gonna have to go please please people listening to this please go to underdone comics i'm 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 jumping the gun here, but you've got to subscribe. And on Instagram, I'll let, I'll let, uh, Rob at the end, you know, promote everything. But yeah, you have to, they're just, it's so humorous and it makes you really think it, it's, it's great. It's really great. So this is a little bit different for you. Um, because usually, you know, we ask scientists and they give us the perspectives, like, uh, you know, the nerdy thing <laughs> from your perspective. Okay. Yes. How do we convince others, you know, around the planet that endangered species are worth saving? Um, how do we Well, I think it goes back to, you have to bring it, um, well, well, first of all, for the people who are hard to convince, um, you have to come to their level of understanding, um, uh, or not necessarily their level of understanding, just their perspective mm-hmm. of how that affects them. And, uh, um, you know, making it personal for them, whether it be some sort of analogy, you know, like, um, what would you want your house to be like? Do you want it to be filled with trash that affects your hormones and makes you, um, diseased to, Mm -hmm. you know, being like, well, do you want your kids to grow up in a place where they never existed on the planet with any rhinoceroses or something. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, it's all about trying to get it to, to make a difference in their own minds, not just here's the facts. We're all going to die. And then it just makes people <laughs> cynical, you know? Yes, Nobody... I know. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah. No, oh, and, it, and also a... another, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Another no, big no. thing that I think about is um, how everything is totally connected. Um, the more you can show how all of the habitats and, and um, all of the different environments in the world all depend on each other to maintain a um, their, their complex webs of whether it be climate or um, feeding different things mm-hmm. like, you know, algal blooms on one end of the planet and how they affect the oxygen levels on the other end or, or whatever, you know, it's just trying to show them that like, if, if we start chipping away at certain species or whatever, we, we have no idea what the impact is going to be on other stuff, including us. So right. why, why do things that are detrimental in the first place? Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's again, like we opened up with, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword where you, you can't be all doom and gloom because right. if you're doom and gloom, people t- turn you off. You know, if I go right. there and say, yeah. Oh my God, elephant seals are going to go extinct in X amount of years. If we don't change things, yeah. people are going to be like, Oh, well, this sucks. <laughs> what do I want to listen to this? <laughs> or what right. do I want to exactly. read and, this? And I've lost plenty of follower for that reason. So. But yeah. on the <laughs> other hand, on the other hand, I think an informed public, an informed listener yeah. or reader can make change. And yeah. I, I will say the great news is not only people like you that are stepping up and saying, you know, Hey, I can make a difference. You know, every species we cover and, and we, we've been repeating this, you know, last couple months, there's somebody behind them fighting to save them. Every yeah. single species, even the, but go back to the cassowary, you know, there are people yeah. in Australia, the cassowary is rebounding because of conservation efforts yeah. down there in the Dane tree in, in Queensland. So yeah, I mean, it, it's the news isn't great right now in right. 2019, but, and it's a big rear end, but there <laughs> are people out there making a difference and people mm-hmm. like you, uh, people like Angie and I are trying to make a difference and, and really motivate people to jump into the arena and help. Right. And you never, yeah, and you never know who um, is going to be listening or reading. Um, mm-hmm. There's always going to be young people coming up with these great out of the box ideas, and if um, the, the message has never gotten to them, who knows what could be missed? So, might as well spread it as far and wide as you can. No, and I, you know, I will tell you the the younger generation, the millennials, and and the ones behind them, they are motivated. They're motivated yeah. to make a difference. It's us older folks that, you yeah. know, I'm generation X and generation Y and uh, the other ones, they're the ones that, you know, we're, we're stepping in and those older mature roles to, to make policy changes and affect once the baby boomers go, then, you know, so I, I have a lot of hope for the future. It, it, yeah, things aren't great out there, but I look at, you know, people younger than myself making huge impacts. And yeah. that gives me a lot of, lot of hope for the future for, for the planet and a lot of species. <laughs> so here's a couple more questions for, I'll, I'll let you go back to drawing. It's, <laughs> do, do we have a moral ob- obligation to act? Um, I think so. Um, then what's the point really? If, if you don't, <laughs> um, uh, it's a, it's a hard question to, to articulate, I guess. Um, I, I grew up, you know, um, listening to lots of 
of punk music where it 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 wasn't the, the greatest music like you know classical or whatever but it always had a message and uh it seemed to me like these these musical artists um didn't really care so much about the music that they made but the message that they would convey and for whatever reason that's always stuck with me so i feel like given that ethic which was conditioned in me starting as like a teenager um i feel like i i I personally think that everybody should do what they can to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. but it's in ultimately it's up to them. It's their choice. So, right, right. No, it's it's it came up a couple of years ago when I was in a, a a meeting with a bunch of scientists, and it was a debate, and it was like, do we have a moral obligation? And and some of these scientists that are you know world renowned were like, no, we don't. Uh, and I was like, what? <laughs> what are they supposed to do? What, what do they have to do then? They just said, let, let, let nature take its course. And things. Oh. I'm like, uh-uh, 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 no. Well, so, but then you could debate and say, you know, is it natural for people to make the world a better place? You know, that's right. kind of right. that's quite quite a BS cop-out, if you ask me. That's what I thought. It really it's made also me... Natural, yeah, it's also natural for humans to change their environments to make it better for them. Right, right. So ultimately make it better short term or long term, save yeah. it later, who knows. I no, and uh, you know, <laughs> and and honestly it's going to be our own survival, you know, as yeah. a species because you know, it's it's the environment, all these food webs, these complex webs of life, we're part of that and you know, if the planet goes downhill, species go extinct, environments fall apart, it's going to have a major impact on us and our right. survival. You know, we'll survive. Yeah. I, we will because we're smart and we'll create underground <laughs> yeah. burrows or something. But that's <laughs> did not you good. ever hear yeah. the book um, uh, Man After Man by I think it's Dougal Dixon? No, no. I want to write that one down. Oh, well, okay. it's um, <laughs> it's a it's a sci-fi book. I think it's from the 80s. And uh, he actually made he's i think he illustrated um these beautiful illustrations about how humans would survive after all of the animals die and basically humans evolve into different niches mm-hmm. so like there would be like a sort of like a seal human and it, it looked <laughs> like a person's face with like this weird seal body you should check it out i will it's, i will really interesting and yeah. worth a look i'll send you a link yeah, no, please, please. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That sounds, that sounds like exactly where we're heading, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And on the cover, there's like this robot riding, um, I'm just looking at the cover now. There's this mm-hmm. robot riding this stretched out, elongated antelope looking like human with this <laughs> I don't want to behind. become that. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, that's, that's where we're headed. If, mm-hmm, if people mm-hmm. stop or don't give a darn, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. 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 Well, final question. How can our listeners help you in your efforts or what can we do to help you in your efforts? (laughs) Well, um, I think the, the most fun way is just follow me on Instagram. And if, if you, if, if you want to, um, show off the fact that you follow me on Instagram, then buy some stuff in my store, which is, uh, it's just, you can get there from my Instagram account. Um, and there's also a Patreon site if you, if you want to give me some uh, financial backing as we move forward. That would be great, mm-hmm. too. I'm just mm-hmm. underdone comics at Patreon. 
and um, just keep uh, sharing all of this stuff with your friends or enemies, either way. And uh, <laughs> and I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> friends and enemies, frenemies, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. we all have those. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Thank you, Rob. I, so, oh, sure. you know, for our listeners, thank you. Please go to our show notes. Uh, we'll share this on Facebook, our Instagram at uh, All Creatures Podcast or All Creatures Pod on Facebook. But we will definitely put all of Rob's links on there if, if you haven't seen it already. And please follow him. It's 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 a joy to uh, to see those pop up, and they're really thought provoking. So, Rob, I mean, for what you do, I. You know, I, I, I've talked to scientists in New Zealand. I've talked to scientists in the in the jungles of Asia, Africa. I think yeah. you know, and what they're doing is is amazing work. But you, yeah. honestly, thank you for what you do. I think you make tremendous impact, and you're going to continue to make tremendous impact on bringing awareness to the issues that are out there. So, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's oh. it's amazing to to. Consider you as a, as a friend. I can't wait till you get down to Southern California. You know, we're going to go <laughs> hang out and have coffee or drinks or whatever, but, and go clean up the beach together. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll point to stuff. You can pick it up. I don't like getting my hands. <laughs> That's dirty. fine. I will. I will. I will be fine. <laughs> Joking. Yeah, I'm yeah. filthy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. And I really enjoy your podcast too. Um, like I was talking about, you know, bringing ideas and concepts. Um, about conservation to the minds and hearts of people is something that you guys are definitely doing. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing also. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, we'll do it again. Awesome, Rob. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good one. You too. You too.